This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. He followed me back on Twitter just now, at Ty D. Butler. He's like, let's go. I'm like, yo, let's do it. Let's do it. We're going to have all the vibes. Have a lot of fun with Brandon Jacobs. I'm looking forward to that. 800-919-3776. Before I get back to your phone calls, just real quick, I wanted to weigh in, in on this. I know a lot of Met fans don't really like me like that just because I, I like to have fun at their expense and they get all sensitive. But I want to give them credit for last night, what they did at City Field. I mean, what was this mess uh, that saw Max Scherzer getting a, a, a tribute video? And the Met fans weren't having it. They, they were booing him. We've gone a little too crazy with the tribute video. He was here for a year and a half. At the end of last year, he fumbled. This year, he was hurt and then stunk. And they traded him. And he's got a tribute video. So what are we going to do that for, for Josh Donaldson, too? What's that highlight montage video looking like for Josh Donaldson, who hit 207 uh, as, a, as a career Yankee? Come on, stop it. Steve Cohen deserves a lot of credit for what he's done since coming here. And I think being a fan has helped him understand the gravity of certain moments, retiring the jerseys of or uh, of Dallas Strawberry and Doc Gooden. He got that right. And next year, Met fans have something to look forward to on two separate days. Should be fun for these all-time Met players. Guys who, if, you know, off-the-field issues didn't derail them, would have gone down maybe as Hall of Famers. And, you know, just when you look at that 86 team and what they meant, you can't tell the story without those two homegrown greats. So credit to him for understanding that and and being able to rectify what had been wrong and, and having their jerseys retired by the Mets, which should have been done maybe a long time ago. But the decision, whoever it was, to, to, to give Max Scherzer a tribute video, I mean, what are you thinking? That's embarrassing. That's embarrassing. Cut it out. 800-919-3776. Let's go to Philadelphia. We talked to Sean. I'm sure he's not a hater calling a New York radio station from Philly. But let's check in with Sean. What's going on? Hey, what's up? What to do, baby? Yeah, what up? So basically... I, I still haven't given hope on the Yankees, man. That's the thing. I think, honestly, even with Kiner Falefa, you know, leading the pack, I, I think I think it's good right now. We have we have Judge. I'm saying I think there's still a chance. There's still the Yankees. You know what I mean? Oh man, is this? Are you trolling me right now, Sean? No, no. I don't know. Actually, last time I looked, I looked at the Yankees. I haven't looked at the Yankees in like 20 games, honestly. But last time I saw them, man, I don't know. Seemed pretty good. Are you drunk? Uh, I don't think so. You don't? Wait, I don't think so. What's going on with you, Sean? You you got some problems you want to talk about? Some Something going on in, in the home? Dumb idiot. You- oh, man. We got people calling the show from Philly. What's going on here? That's on you, Harvey. How you let that guy get through? What happened there? You dropped the ball. Nah, that's on Harvey. You know, when you, when you bring the, the Philly people into these airways. But you're supposed to see through that. Chantel, why you got Harvey in there getting away with, with, with stuff like that? What's going on? He's talking about an IKF-led Yankees team. He hasn't watched in 20 games. IKF been hitting better than most of these Yankees, you know. Man, y'all people from Philly just be wilding now. Dwayne's in Virginia. What's up, Dwayne? Get us back on the right track. I don't know what that was. Hey, Big Daddy Ty. Thanks for taking my call. I don't know how I feel about you calling me that. 
Uh, you know, I get it. I get it from Larry. <laughs> I love it. I, I love that Larry gives me that <laughs> intro. But just answering a phone call and, and someone immediately responding with Big Daddy Ty, I, I don't know how I feel about it almost, that. It almost, it almost gives you the Michael K vibe. You know what I mean when he's talking about Rick. <laughs> <laughs> Big Daddy is, anyway, is, is think- that 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 moniker is reserved for one person. Yummy. And I don't yeah. know if you uh, fit the bill for that, Dwayne, with all due respect. <laughs> Yummy. All right. I, I, I got you, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I think Sean's on the Bubons tonight anyway. Yeah, he was um, he was smoking that loud pack heavy. I think so, man. Um, a win for the Yankees would be just finishing over 500 this year. Is that a real yeah. win, though, if you want change? It, well, you know, I don't want to go back to before 1992 when, you know, we finished under 500. It'd be nice to finish over 500. Yeah, but if you're looking for, like, Cashman and Boone to both go, I would imagine the path to that has to include you being as embarrassing as you were 31 years ago. But well, we'll we see. know we know Cashman's not going anywhere because they're not going to eat five million a year for another three years. Yeah, the Yankees wouldn't be able to afford that. You know, the uh, seven billion dollar industry that is the New York Yankees. How could they ever swallow five million? Boone, $5 million? on the other hand, Boone on the other hand, he could be a target. Yeah. Um, also, real quick, I just wanted to say um, I'm excited about the Jets this year. I'm a Giants fan, and you shouldn't throw shade at the great Harvey Cruz for wearing his Giants hat, man. He's representing. I'm disappointed and in Harvey. He, also, he just allowed some some troll to get through. So that falls on him. The buck has to stop with him. We also let you guys share our stadium, too. So <laughs> so, so this is what you're doing. Dwayne, let me ask you a question. Would it would it sure. upset you? So you're a Giants fan. Would it upset you if the Jets won the title this year? No, no. Uh, my son's a hardcore Jets fan. He's like in his early twenties. He has a big Jets tattoo on his arm that he got years ago when they were when they were garbage, and he just loves the Jets. I'd be happy for him, but you know, I'd love to see you know one of our New York teams. I love New York sports. You know, I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate the call, I, Harvey. Let me ask you a question: Do you or do you dislike the Jets? No, no. They just haven't given you reason to. Yeah, I mean. Who are you rooting for in a Jets Cowboys Super Bowl? All the Jets. Really? Yeah, I don't like the Cowboys. I don't so want I, them to win I think the reason why the question is easy for Giant fans to answer, like, do you dislike the Jets, is because they haven't given you reason to dislike them. Having won a Super Bowl in 54 years, they've missed the playoffs 12 consecutive seasons, they've been little to no threat. There's no real rivalry there. Either. Yeah, that's which is why I'm hoping for. I tried to start a little something on Twitter with the whole uh, little brothers because I came across that video with uh, Jahai Ward going at Rodgers, and you know I wasn't a fan of you going at at, at my quarterback. So I said, listen, the little brothers in town don't know how to act. I want to I want to start something between the Jets and Giant fans. I think it would make the the season more interesting, more fun with both teams. You know, expected to to make some noise this year. No. I mean, why don't you put a bet up with Dave or something? Oh, we got to get to Dave in about 15 minutes because well, he, he was taking shots at me, and I'm about to air him out next segment. Let's go to Paul and Hollis. What's up, Paul? What's up? How you doing, Ty? I'm just checking in with you. Um, we're talking about these Jets, and they're getting a lot, a lot of heat, a lot of heat, a lot of chatter, and a lot of people expect them to win the Super Bowl. But the reality is is that, I don't know. I don't know about them winning the Super Bowl. They haven't been in the playoffs in over twelve years. That's fair. And, you know, they just ha- they haven't been there, and to, to think that they're gonna just pop in and just do it now, 
It's fair. We got to stack, stack the AFC East. I mean, we got tons of quarterbacks that that are, that are up above Rodgers that can that can, they can they can do their thing. So it's 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 a crapshoot. It really is. I mean, this is probably the best they've been, but the the the, the, the AFC conference is the toughest has been as well. Which is same old Jets, right? Like that. Like, what are the odds that you are in the best? You are in the healthiest place you have you've been in in quite some time as an organization, given all the weapons you have on, on both sides of the ball. And right. now we're talking about the conference may be as deep as it's ever been. Which is crazy. It's crazy. I mean, the life of a Jets fan, right? It's crazy. They should have. They should have did it. They should have. They should have did it a year ago. <laughs> Paul, I appreciate the call, and, and I actually teased this uh, a couple segments ago. The good news for the Jets was, you know, a lot of guys who had been dealing with injuries all practice. Carl Lawson looks like he could play Week One. Was dealing with a back issue. Izzy practiced today. Dalvin Cook. Dwayne Brown, so that is fantastic news. Alan Lazard, usually in the preseason, we talk about injuries and, you know, back-to-back years you dealt with season-ending injuries to Beckton and to Carl Lawson. So the team right now uh, appears to be healthy. You hope that, knock on wood, it uh, continues to stay that way as you march toward a, a huge, a pivotal Monday Night Football my, uh, Monday Night Football affair against the uh, Buffalo Bills. Joe's in New York City wants to weigh in on the program. What's up, Joe? Hi, how are you? Thanks for taking the call. Appreciate you making the hey, call, I, man. I, well, thank thank you. I totally agree with you on the uh, Scherzer situation where they showed the video because when I seen that, I was like, why are we giving him a highlight? He he had great stats pitching for us, but he certainly failed when we needed to needed to him. And, you know, typically pointing toward the Atlanta. But he, he bombed in the big games when we needed him. Atlanta and San Diego. Stats. Yep, yeah. Uh, it, it made no sense to me. Like, that's soft by the Mets. That's pretty couldn't, soft. Couldn't, couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. But I'm going to take a different slant on Rodgers. Um, I'm, I'm a Mets fan, a, a Jet fan, I should say. I, I go back to watching Namath play Cleveland in one of the coldest games in Jet history. Yep. When Leroy, Leroy Kelly was still running for, <laughs> Namath didn't even play that game. And we were, we were joking, saying, we don't even think that was Namath on the sideline in the fur coat. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was 72 or 73, but that's when it was. But my point is, I truly don't think, and, and I don't think, I'm, I, I might be in the minority, but I don't think there's pressure on Rodgers. Mm. And, and, and does he want to win? Yes. If the guy left giving his best right now, I think he's in his own planet where he's perfectly content. And and as an athlete, you always want to win. You don't join any team, you know, saying I want to lose. You want to win. And 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 there's good energy here. We've got a great defense. And you you brought up Lawson a couple uh, um, uh, calls ago. Lawson's been hurt. He's gonna be, he could be a potential monster this year that no one's even mentioning. But pressure on Rodgers, I think, I think truthfully, if Rodgers lost, he would be sorry and he would say, you know, he gave it a shot and he's done. I've never seen anybody in, in the New York culture control the media like Rodgers. And we needed that. We really needed that for, in the aspect of 
he's not coming out and, and you know, look what I'm going to do. He's going out there and giving his best. And I, and he's bigger than the media. But I don't think, I really don't think the pressure's on him. I think the pressure's tremendously on Salah, on Joe Douglas. And then, you know what? I, I really don't think Roger's taking it as pressure. Nah, I think listen, he's going to go out there. I disagree with that wholeheartedly, Joe. And I appreciate the phone call. There, there's pressure on all of them. Joe Douglas has to get this right because we have kind of, you know, buried the debacle that was the Zach Wilson selection only because he went out and got the best quarterback available who so happens to be a four-time league MVP and a future Hall of Famer. The pressure's on Salah because 11-23 and through your first two seasons, you don't make the playoffs, you're gone. The idea that Rodgers is facing no pressure is ridiculous. We we saw the narrative when he was in Green Bay. He, he could no longer win the big game. Got to AFC Championship games as the higher seed, losing to inferior opponents at home. There was already pressure. Multiply that by a thousand now playing in this market for this team that is expected to contend for a championship. And if you fall flat on your face, that's not gonna that's not gonna work here. That is, and the the fans are on his side now. If things start to go left, we're going to see a complete 180. So I, I disagree with that. We'll get back to your phone calls at 800-919-3776. My guy Dave Rothenberg was taking some shots at me, so I'm going to have to go off on him. We'll do that coming up next right here on 987 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Has to keep going. We can sit here and talk for 30 minutes, but that's not how the program works. I appreciate you calling up, but, you know, we got a clock to abide by. The the pace has to – Mike D'Antoni, seven seconds or less. And I typically give people a lot of time to blow V8. Thank you. I would say if, like, we measure average time of call, I'm I'm definitely up there with, you know, how much I I give people a platform to articulate themselves. But it's all love over here. It's all love. Uh, so, so this morning, you know, going through my normal routine, hanging out with the kids. And right now, the best words to describe it is chaos. I don't complain because I love them, but it is chaotic. The two under two thing, there's a reason why. There's a phrase for it. It is chaos, especially when you're trying to um, educate yourself on all the biggest topics of the day. got to do a radio show at night for two hours solo. You're trying your best to navigate through the day without going crazy. Uh, but then, you know. Certain times you you check social media, the Twitter and the Instagram, it's blowing up. So what's happening? Oh, Dave Rothenberg once again talking about you. Uh, Take a shot every time that happens. Uh, So what was he saying about me? Was it nice things? Let's hear. Well, here's the thing. At least Tenenbaum and and Don have accomplished something. Ty is like hanging out by his bootstraps just to get a show. Oh, my goodness. Surprised you haven't taken credit for his career yet. Well, I mean, I kind of have built him to the point that he's at, right? I I allowed him airtime, and I babied him away to to get just a show that he has. So, And that's the thanks I get. I mean, you you wonder why I get from people all the time that they dislike Ty. Like, like, to be completely honest with you, my wife can't stand him. Really? Yeah, no, she can't stand him. 
She thinks he's in, and my mother also. She hates him. Oh no! This yeah. feels. Oh, this feels like this, we're in the honesty this, den. This took a turn. Right in the. I mean, listen. My mother. She goes. He's so obnoxious, and he's not all that talented. Yeah, she doesn't like him much. And my mom likes everyone. We're putting this out there. Uh, oh, my, my wife. My wife thinks he's tremendously obnoxious. Yeah. So here's the problem with labeling it as the honesty den. It only works if there is actual honesty. Uh, one of the worst parts uh, of this little exercise is exposing this man for being a liar. Because how does it happen that your wife doesn't like me when, I don't know, just three years ago at your bar mitzvah, not one but two songs, she danced with me. Hey Dave, tie, thanks for creating the uh, den of pre, honesty that you do. That was pre-pandemic. You know, things have certainly changed since then. Okay, would be, I don't know, suitable for an argument except for the fact that just a couple months ago we were at a Nick Hornets game and guess who I spoke to for 30 straight minutes? And that would be his lovely wife. So, you know, maybe she is putting, you know, on this face or, you know, this facade that she likes me or we can expose Dave for being a liar. I think we go with the latter. Uh, Yeah, we spoke for 30 minutes talking about the kids. She was recovering from, you know, the ACL injury. So that was a good time. Good times. So I don't. I don't think it's necessarily accurate to say that she doesn't like me. I think it exposes you as a liar, which is why when he says, you know, he hears from people all the time. I don't like Ty. I remember doing the Saturday show with him, and he would say things like, "Oh yeah, I'm getting a bunch of tweets about this." I check his mentions. It's one tweet, one tweet, one tweet. So I mean, stop being a liar. Stop telling. Stop going on your program telling lies about me. And also, I want to expose you for a hypocrite because you you have labeled me as a troll. I'm sorry, Jake Montgomery. A couple weeks ago, posted a screenshot of you know every time the Yankees lose a game, you're sending hand clapping emojis or hand waving emojis. Is does that not make you a troll? The producer on your very fine program, Ray Santiago, who's a Dallas Cowboys fan. Every single time something negative happens with them, whether they lose a game or they experience some type of significant injury, I go on Twitter, guess who's quote-tweeting CC Ray Santiago? I'm sorry, doesn't that make you a troll? So to sit here and call me a troll, I think, is the height of hypocrisy. But that's not even the worst part. I think the worst part of this is not that you're a liar, not that you're a hypocrite, but it's that you sold yourself as this trivia genius— And yet at the Beach Bash, we all on television and in person and on radio watch and listen to you get worked by Don, which should have necessitated you retiring Stump Rothenberg. That's how embarrassing it was. And you can say, oh, well, I didn't get worked. I lost by just one question. No, it was embarrassing. Tweet that! How how sweaty you were. It was like James Harden game six against the Spurs. You didn't want the moment. You didn't want the smoke with him. You looked uncomfortable. And after you got embarrassed, you walked off the set and went home like a sore loser. Let's go with Don! So come on now. Anyone can look like a genius in a trivia segment if they're using Google every time they're asked a question. So come on, my G. I got nothing but love for you. Nothing but respect for you. But as uh, Will Smith once said, and we'll paraphrase it, keep my name out your damn mouth. 800-919-3776. Back to your phone calls and we return right here on 9870 ESPN. This is the Ty Butler Show on 98.7 ESPN. Single and ready to mingle. 
So if you're trying to get it popping, get the shenanigans going, look out for my guy Harvey. He's going to be wearing a high-water shorts, high-water shirt. Is that an accurate description of you, Harvey? I'm doing well? Is that a high-water shorts? Yeah, your shorts come up to your thighs. Well, that's just how they're built. Yeah, it's because you chose to put those on. They're like, they're like you know, a good five inches above your knees. You know, I laughed when, when I did DNR the last time out. Why is that? Because Rick saw me once, like, sitting in my chair, and he was like, dude, how do you tuck your shirt all the way in like that? <laughs> and I'm like, dude, you just put it down, and then just wrap your pants all around it and just tighten it's, it up. It, it must feel like, you know, it, it must feel like a relief once you come out of the clothes, because you are buttoned up there. I mean, I mean, the, the shirt is tucked all the way in. The, the, the pants are damn near at your, you know, what. So it's just, it's a lot going on with that situation you got going on over I'm there. I'm very comfortable. That's cool. Do you really want soggy buns going to your face? Well, you, that's what, you don't like buns on your face? That's what I mean, Harvey's going to be doing on, on Labor Day. I'm excited. Chantel, you going you gonna to join them? See what's up? What's going on with the people them on, on Eastern Parkway? Uh, no. Your people them? I'm not going to be with my people them oh, uh, in Brooklyn. No juve, no paint. Oh, yeah, boring. Come on now. Call it what you want. Come on now. I'm going to be on Labor Day, by the way, 12 to 3.30, so make sure you guys tune in today. 800-919-3776. I get to argue with Nick Wright about his uh, bad Jets takes. Jose's in Brooklyn wants to talk about Aaron Rodgers. Jose? What's going on, Ty? What's going on, my my brother? Oh, no. Just chilling here, man. And shout out to the company. Good evening to everyone. And just wanted to, you know... To chime in, and I'm glad that you know you you, you didn't back down, because you know just like how you like caller beef, you know we you know I love the host beef that goes on between you guys, even though some of it could be fabricated and some of it is good old fun stuff like this. So, you know, good good good, good old props to you, man. Um, as far as for the Aaron I like Rogers, that. You, I listen, think- Jose, I I just like that you like host beef. <laughs> You know what they say, oh, yeah. ain't, ain't no beef like the host beef. Yeah, and I'm glad you like that. <laughs> so here we go. So the um, with the, I, I do agree. I do think that there is a lot of pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And to me, it's just from the first impression aspect. Because there is no... You know, there is no surprising teams in your second act and third act. So even if, you know, they don't win the Super Bowl in the first year, yeah, we'll have multiple opportunities. But it's not going to be – it's going to be with the team that pretty much everybody knows. It's not going to be sneaking up on anybody. You're not going to, you know, have that surprise element. And to me, I think he's very interested into into this because – does he want to be like Peyton Manning where he kind of got carried to that second Super Bowl ring with a good team around him? Or does he want to be more like Tom Brady where he wins it in his first year? And that's where, you know, and I love the fact that he's, you know, looking at that and taking that as a onus and responsibility of, you know, where his greatness stands. Yeah, and I appreciate uh, the fact that this matters a lot to him. This isn't just... You know, I'm leaving Green Bay. I want to go out into the sunset and just ride out the rest of my career. I think he understands the gravity of getting that second championship and what it does for his legacy because he needs it. You cannot finish your career 
with just one championship that you won in year three when you went on to have a twenty, you know, uh, a fifteen to twenty year career. Exactly. You don't want to be in the same um, breath of you know the Drew Brees and the guys who just won one and not even be considered you know be lost in the vortex of even a Troy Aikman who's won three, but everybody knows he wasn't as good as those as the guys who of his predecessors. So yeah, and listen, I appreciate the call. It's similar to like what Giannis is going through, and uh, you know some media members are. Why would he say these things? You know, why does he? Why is he putting so much pressure on, on the Bucks? Because this, these same media members who applaud guys for being loyal and faithful to one team, you know, now that he's got one championship, ten years after his career, are going to say, "Well, why didn't he win more?" So, of course, Giannis has to do that. Look, we're about winning championships. I've got the MVPs. I've got the Defensive Player of the Year. I do have one, but it's about winning multiple. I'm trying to continue to climb that ladder, and the same goes for Rodgers, who does have one. But for some reason, whenever you talk about him, like the first talking point is the failures post-Super Bowl before you even get to the fact that he won one in 2010. Buddha's in the Bronx. What up, Buddha? What's going on, boy, boy? Yeah, I'm chilling, man. What's going on with you? Hey, listen, I'm glad the preseason and all these things are over. You know, we, we've talked at nauseam about what the Jets' challenges will be this year as far as, you know, the head coach, the offensive line. But I want to get into your soul as a sports fan. My soul? That sounds I, I, I deep. Into, I, I want to get into your soul as a sports fan. That sounds uh, deep, bro. Walk, walk with me. Let's do it. You love Aaron Rodgers. He's... If, if I'm right, he's one of your – maybe your favorite quarterback since you've been watching football. Is that correct? Uh, yes, I would say so. And um, I'm going to give you an analogy. It's a different sport. Okay. But I'm going to show you, you know, where I understand totally where you're coming from. You know, Sugar Ray Leonard, my favorite sports figure of all times. You know, for me, boxing is number one. Yes, sir. Kings, all above, above any sport that you could ever lay out to me personally. Listen, I remember Ray Leonard retiring with the detached retina. I remember him coming back. I remember him retiring again. I mean, look, in, in terms of boxing, from the time I was boxing, I would say, since the time I was watching boxing, I would say, he's the second best fighter that I saw in my lifetime. Obviously, Muhammad Ali was number one. Okay. But I, I grew up more attached to Ray Leonard because at the time when he was in the Olympics and all these different things, that's when I was a young man. I was a young teen growing up. So, you know, I saw him from day one. And he also had Angelo Dundee, who was Muhammad Ali's trainer, too. So that didn't hurt. But when he lost to Roberto Duran in that first fight, I mean, I cried like a baby. <laughs> the day, the day, no, seriously, I'm, I'm being. No, dead. I feel, I feel it, man. I feel it. I cried like a baby for days. And what happens with our sports heroes, you know, a lot of times is we see the success, and then when we see the failure, 
then we want to know what's going to happen after that. You had a caller that called before. He was talking about Joe Namath and the fur coat in 71 and all these different things. And everything he was saying was good up until the point where he said Rodgers had no pressure. And you called him out for that, rightfully so. Now, the playoff losses, they mean something, you know, especially the ones at home. But, see, Rodgers is the same thing like I would say like with Ray Leonard. There was a certain time in Ray Leonard's career where everybody doubted him, where everybody was like, yo, look, you've accomplished all you're going to accomplish. You can't do any more. And he came out of retirement April 6, 1987, to fight the marvelous one who everybody thought was going to kill him, destroy him, and he beat knock him. him out in the third or fourth round. Yep. And he carried that fight, and he carried it, and he outpointed him, and he outpointed him, and he styled, styled on him, and, and, and he profiled on him, and he did his thing. And that's when I sat down, and I was like, yo, this is my dude for life. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. This is my dude for life. So when I reflect on that, and, and, and I put it into the Aaron Rodgers shoes in your, you know, in your fandom, the Jets have to do what they have to do to protect this man. They have to. And if somebody's not able to do it, that person needs to be pulled and somebody needs to replace that person. And Silas got to have the you-know-what to do it, the wherewithal to do it, and the humility to admit a mistake if somebody was putting a star lineup and they're not, putting a, and they're not ready to be there. But from what I saw in the preseason games, the arm strength is still there, the guile, the intelligence the knowledge of the game. It's all still there. The only thing that I would say that I've seen the age and attrition take place in is with his legs. And you can't begrudge anybody who's 39 or 40 years old. They all get to that point. But you can still win, and you can still be productive, and you can still be that dude in moments, specific games, specific situations. And that's all we're looking for. Mm -hmm. And I want that for me as a Jets fan. But I want that for you, too, as an Aaron Rodgers fan, because I'm telling you, dogs, I know that feeling, man, when this is my dude. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I grew up with this dude, this is my dude, and I want this dude to have success. So, LFGO, you know what I'm what I'm saying? <laughs> and, and let's, I mean, come on. Let's do it, man. Let's do it. It has to they happen. Fought. It does. They and I appreciate fought. the call, Buddha. I'm up against the clock. It has to happen. I'm I'm all into this thing. I, I I guess I went on record yesterday and said, can't see them beating the Chiefs. I think their ceiling might be AFC Championship game just because Mahomes, I mean, it's hard to beat that guy. Like, living through the 90s as a Knicks fan going up against Jordan, right? You know, all the years from, what was it, 2011, uh, up until 2018, if you were a fan of any team in the Eastern Conference going up against LeBron, you got to see the guy go down before you can venture to, you know, predict that your team is going to beat him. And that's how I feel about Kansas City right now. But I got to see it, like like you said, Buddha. I do have to see it. It, it it's something that like. Of all the teams that I root for, the Yankees and like the Lakers, like the Jets, that's that the one team that has given me nothing. I would take a Jets championship or a Super Bowl over the Yankees winning or the Lakers winning because I've seen them do it already. 
Need to just to get it done. James is in Queens and wants to weigh in. What's up, James? What's up? Big, big Daddy Ty. Nah. <laughs> nah. I'm, I'm definitely trolling you. And, 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 and your man Buddha is definitely high. He said he wanted to hey, try and get to your soul. Man. What are you talking I'm about? like, yo, save that, save that for your lady, man, on date night. <laughs> your word. <laughs> and, and, and why, why your man Jose sound like he wearing a tutu with fairy oh, dust? come but, on. Don't do that. Yo, yo Jake, yo, what's up with you coming on and immediately taking shots at two of the callers? Uh, Buddha's, nah, nah, Buddha's nah, my nah, homie. Yo, Buddha's nah, my homie. Nah, Jose's nah. my homie. No, no, no. I know, I know. I'm just being, I'm just trolling. You know, you know how you troll. I feel you. But listen, you you came at Dave. I, was, I, I heard his, I heard when he came at you earlier, so I was like, that clap back, I just wanted to say that clap back was legendary. I appreciate you. Kinda, you. You, you did your thing on that one. That's all I wanted to say, yo, for real. You yo, represented th- on that one. Appreciate you. Yeah, man, I love Dave. It's nothing but love. You want to come tussle? on? At some point, you got you to gotta clap back. He, he's talking crazy about me, so... Yeah, I'm excited to see him. Was that next Saturday? I'll be at the bar mitzvah. We'll see the if he keeps that same energy. You, huh? I might just go up to him and rock him right in the bar mitzvah. Keep Your that mother. same energy, Dave. Your mother. Perry <laughs> says his mom doesn't like me. What did I do to mom do? Because I didn't do nothing to her. I like pickles, by the way. And they have no calories, so I can eat many pickles. Oh, man. The length doesn't make a difference to you, huh? Hey, yo, 800-919-3776. We wrap the show with your calls next, right here on 9870 ESPN. Reasons you would pay a running back. I don't know. He's only 24. He's clearly your best player and a top two running back in all of football, and you're rebuilding. So having Jonathan Taylor along with the project that is Anthony Richardson, who does have you know some upside and, and, and a lot of talent, but still needs a lot of work. You don't think having Taylor in the backfield would help? So now he's on the physically unable to perform list, which means he'll miss the first four games and they can't trade him. Uh, or they can try to trade him up into the deadline that takes place, I believe it's October 31st. But that asking price has to come down. They thought they were going to get a first-round pick for him. I just don't understand what their leverage is. The Colts are right now fumbling this quarterback situation already before he's even taken a snap. You have a guy you drafted, a rookie, who you need to do everything in your power to build around. You've decided already in week one you're going to give him the nod at starter. So it's incumbent upon you to invest in him to support him with weapons, to protect him. Because inevitably, he is going to go through some growing pains. And I mentioned he's a little bit of a project because you see that there's talent there, but there's some glaring flaws as well. Why would you not be in position to pay a 24-year-old running back? You're not winning a Super Bowl this year, so it's not taking you out of title contention because you have all these other holes on your team you need to fill he's the best player on your team it it, it, it would be it, it would be incumbent upon you to have him there the entirety of the season to help groom your your young quarterback because that type of a luxury is one that not many teams have 
So your answer is, yeah, let's go with Zach Moss coming off of a broken arm, a guy who's never rushed for more than 481 yards in a year. Oh, Deion Jackson. His career high is 236 rushing yards and rookie Evan Hall. Like, seriously? Does that make any sense whatsoever? Come on now. Come on, Indy. Like, I get it because I've said this and many people have said, if you're trying to construct a Super Bowl contender, overpaying for a running back who is nearing the end, aging out of his prime, is just not conducive to winning because it's just not, you know, the, the position doesn't mean what it once did. But for a young team with a young quarterback, wouldn't this be the guy to pay, 24 years old? Make it make sense. Lonnie's in Harlem. What's up, Lonnie? Sensei Ty, what's going on, man? Shout out to the company. Uh, company chat is on fire right now because of the scuzz you just let off at uh, Cousin Dave. Just want to let you know that. I told you on IG, you know, make sure you, you bring the pain and wow. <laughs> oh, so the, the, group, the group chat's ringing off right now. I, I, I'm making waves in these streets in the chat, huh? I mean, my goodness, man. You, you roundhouse kicked Dave right to the mouth with that one. I mean, oof. I hope the stuff you were saying actually wasn't true about the whole Stump Rothenberg stuff, but... I mean, you hear, listen to the segment. You hear him typing during the segment. If the question is asked, you hear this. You hear that? But then y'all always say that he's not doing that, so it gets a little confused. And I, I listen, I, I just hope that's not true. Is that coming but through man, the speakers? Can you... Yeah, I can hear that. That's, I can hear that's that, what but you I hear. Don't hear that. That's what you hear. So, that's what you hear. And when someone I, pauses... Ask me a question real quick. Just a random question. Uh, what's Aaron Rodgers' number on the Jets? What's Aaron Ro- Aaron Rodgers' number? <laughs> Aaron Rodgers' number on the when they're doing that, when they're going through that that thought process, that cogitation, if you will, that's them so googling the answer. Yeah, he's talking over the typing is what you're saying? He's talking over the typing, and he's buying himself some time to arrive at the answer. Now, there are some thi- true. It's, it's true, and I appreciate the call. I'm up against the clock. There are some things he knows. He's a smart guy. He's very intelligent. He's got excellent retention. He can hear something and, bam, remembers it forever. But there are a lot of other things that he, he gets the answer to the question to, and it's just like, wait, how would you know that? Oh, of course, you were cheating. If again, if if anyone could become a trivia genius, if when asked a question, they were allowed to Google the answer, like that's not hard, not hard at all. But I love Dave. That's my guy, and I'll see him a week from Saturday at the bar mitzvah. It's gonna be all love. It's gonna be hugs, laughs, maybe a little crying. I'm all looking forward to it. Uh, shout out to Chantel. She did an excellent job tonight. My guy Harvey coming in with the the poom poom shorts. He was fun to hang out with. Harvey, when are you back? I'll be here tomorrow. Oh, you'll be here tomorrow. Oh, yeah. There we go. So we'll have some fun tomorrow. You are uh, sporting the hat and the gear of the little brothers in town. Sure. That's fun. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, looking forward to being back tomorrow, Thursday as well, Saturday coming at you, Labor Day. So there's a whole lot to do leading up to week one of the NFL season. So I'm excited. Talk to you all in 22 hours. Ty Butler right here on 9870 ESPN.